Life Audio. Often when we talk about marching, when it would be easier to stay where you are and die. This is the March or Die show. We talk about pushing forward, continuing forward. I often use the phrase putting one step, uh, one foot in front of the other. Uh, keep moving. Don't quit. Don't hold back. Don't let the obstacles keep you from accomplishing what God has called you to do. I, I say all of that, and I mean it sincerely, but I think sometimes when we think about that, when we think about overcoming, when we think about simply putting one foot in front of the other, we interpret that to mean we need to ignore the pain. March or die does not equal ignore the pain. How do we handle pain? How do we handle difficulty? How do we handle uh, even the traumas, the trials, and the thoughts? We've talked about regrets. How do we handle all of that? while at the same time continuing to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, I want to talk about that today, and I want this to be a discussion, a conversation that is very helpful and very grounded, realistic, real life. This is where we live. We're not just going to close our eyes and push forward. We're going to deal with what's happening around us while also continuing to make progress in our lives. We'll get to that in just a minute. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Oh, and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me, of course. And I am really looking forward to the content today, to the conversation today, because I have felt, based on conversations I've had with others and even some things that I've read, that often when I communicate, we need to keep moving forward. We need to put one foot in front of the other. We need to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. That sometimes that is received as you need to ignore the pain, ignore the hurt, <laughs> ignore the past even. Don't worry about those things. Just keep moving forward. And if that's how it's interpreted, then at some point we will stop moving forward. Why? Because 
if moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other is all about simply ignoring the pain, we're not going to make it. I want to talk about that today. Um, before we jump into that, though, I, I do want to remind you, as I try every single week, if you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, please do it. If you're not watching right now, I'm swinging my hands around. Please subscribe. Go ahead and do that right now. Whatever podcast platform you're listening from, very, very important. Uh, that's helpful to me. What that does practically for you, as if I need to explain to you how podcasts work, but <laughs> what it does for you practically is it lets you know it's in your list of podcasts and it lets you know when a new episode comes out. It's a reminder to you. And uh, I hope that this this content is helpful to you. I hope it's valuable. And if it is, sometimes we can have the thought, I know I do, I'll just go back and listen to that later. Or I'll go back, I'll remember, and then I forget, right? There are a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of content, a lot of information out there. And I want you to know, you to be ready when new content comes out. So please go ahead and subscribe. That would be fantastic. And then take some time. You can go over to jeremystalliker.com. That is my website on that site, jeremystalliker.com, using my name. You can sign up for my newsletter weekly newsletter and uh, that it, it's really a great exercise for me to pull some things together that have been helpful to me that I can then forward on to you. You can also see the other podcasts I'm involved with, uh, all my social contacts, everything's right there, jeremystalliker.com. So please go and check that out. That would be awesome. All right. So when we talk about march or die, uh, I say this so often when I'm speaking, I, I often communicate the same message. There are times in our lives, and if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say almost exactly this. There are times in our lives when an obstacle, a difficulty, a trial, a thought or a regret from the past. We've talked about regrets uh, here recently. When those things will pop up <laughs> out of nowhere, seemingly. And when they do, if we don't address them, if we don't deal with them, they will prevent our forward movements. Again, I talk about this often. If you have just recently started listening to the show, I want to invite you to go back to the beginning. You can find the first episodes of this podcast where I talk about march or die. I give the march or die principle, some things you need to hang on to and understand. I tell the march or die story. Uh, all of that is in those first couple of episodes. Please go and check those out. But I discuss this regularly. In our lives, there absolutely will be times when it would be easier to simply kick it into neutral, stay where we are, stop making progress. It would be so much easier to just hang on to what we have than to keep moving forward. What's the problem with that? The problem is that God did not create us to stay where we are. We were created by God to accomplish those purposes that he's placed in our lives. He has created each of us with unique gifts, opportunities, abilities. As we go through life, we meet people, we find ourselves in unique situations and circumstances, and God has a plan to use us in those places with the gifting that he's given to us. And if we are not fulfilling the purpose for which we were created— now, I don't mean purpose— People get real weird about this, right? Now, I'm not talking about the purpose as in the job you should have, the exact thing you should do. 
I think God takes us there. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us he'll guide our steps. What I'm talking about more than that, though, when I talk about purpose, is living to allow God to use us. So, again, this could be a specific place. It could be a specific job. It could be something very specific, very unique to you. But broadly, when I talk about purpose, what I'm talking about is God using us where we are to accomplish what he wants to do through us. Uh, that means that as we go through life, we have to think most clearly about God and what he wants done. I said this a couple of episodes ago. We need to ask ourselves the question in life all of the time, does God get more glory? Is God more glorified? Is he more lifted up? Is his purpose more fulfilled with me staying where I am or with me putting the next step, the next foot in front of the other and continuing to move forward? God has created us to move forward, to take ground, to accomplish, and to grow. And so the enemy, uh, the enemy I define as any person or thing that would prevent forward movement. Now we could talk about the enemy of our soul as uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 6 talks about, we could talk about the enemy, that is the devil, the one who wants to do anything he can to thwart God's plans for our life and to keep us from moving forward. Uh, he'll he'll throw things in front of us that will prevent that movement. But there are other enemies. There are people who can become enemies, not because they're evil necessarily, but because they prevent forward movement. Circumstances that will prevent forward movement. Uh, situations, relationships, issues that pop up that can prevent forward movement. Practically speaking, those become the enemy. Those are what we need to overcome in order to keep moving forward to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through us. I hope that's clear. We need to keep moving forward. Never quit. Never give up. Never stop. <laughs> keep moving forward. As long as you are breathing breath, there is more to be done. However, and this is where I want to spend a few minutes talking today, what separates God-minded Christian people from others, as it relates specifically to this conversation, this conversation of moving forward, there are a lot of things that separate God-minded Christian people, a relationship with God through Christ, an understanding of eternity, a realization that God is bigger than us, that his plan and his purpose is what we should live to fulfill. There are a lot of things that separate us, all right? But get this part, please. Please understand this. What separates God-minded Christian people from motivational speakers or people who would simply try to get you to work harder and do more. What separates us is the realization that we're not just trying to work harder, put in more effort, close our eyes and grunt it out, grinding every day to move forward. That's not our objective. Our objective is to accomplish what God has created us to accomplish. So please understand this. I'm not against motivational speakers. Motivational talk, so many of the podcasts and um, you know, social media speakers, communicators, 
They're about the motivation, motivation. If you get up early, you'll accomplish more. If you work harder, grind, all these things we hear about, there's a place for those things, but they're very superficial because the measure of success, what we're trying to accomplish in all of that, it's, it's real vague. Do more. What does that mean? Accomplish more. What does that mean? Uh, have a higher level of success. What does that mean? I believe in working hard. I believe in grinding. I believe in all of those things. The purpose of it all, again, this is what separates God-minded Christian people from simply those who are seeking some motivation to move forward. What separates us is I realize, as a Christian, I realize as someone that says God is uh, the goal. I want to do what he wants to do. I want to be used by him. What separates me in that from someone simply trying to grunt it out or get a little bit further or just grind, is the goal. My goal is not simply to take the next step, simply to do more, simply to accomplish more, simply to grind a little bit harder. That's not the goal. My goal is to be fully used and utilized for God and His purposes. Okay. So understanding that goal... It would be wrong of me to say to you that when pain, difficulty, trials, obstacles, circumstances, regrets come up in your life, those enemies, those things that would prevent forward movement, it would be wrong of me to say, hey, when those things pop up into your life, ignore them and keep moving forward. That's the idea behind grinding, right? Just get up and grind. Just get up and keep going. Just keep moving. I believe that we should grind and we should push and we should keep moving. I say it all the time, put one foot in front of the other, take the next step, get to the next place. I believe that, but it's not so that we can just keep moving. Nor is it so that we can pretend that everything is okay. Or close our eyes and just get to the next thing. When difficulties and trials, and obstacles, those barriers to progress pop up in our lives, they are not to be ignored so that we can move forward. They are to be dealt with, to be addressed, in some cases to be internalized, to grow from them, to learn from them, so that we can take the next step. Check this out. God allows these trials and these difficulties to come into our lives, but not to keep us from moving forward. Rather, to grow, to learn both about Him and about ourselves, to be more conformed to what He wants from us, so that we can move forward. I wrote out a few things because I, I want to make this as clear as possible. When trials come into our lives, when difficulties come into our lives, there are a couple of things that become really important. I, I like things that are simple. 
So I want to give you three words. <laughs> the first word is hurt. I don't want anyone to take march or die as an admonition to ignore the hurt or to ignore the pain. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you, uh, Psalm 6. Uh, I'll read all nine, uh, ten verses, ten verses here. Psalm uh, 6, verses 1 through 10. This is a psalm of David, often in the uh, world where we talk about trauma and post-traumatic stress. We come to this and realize that this is an individual who is expressing his heart of brokenness to God. The first word is hurt. Hurt comes into our lives, and when it does, we need to deal with it. Deal with the hurt. Address the hurt. Don't ignore the hurt. Don't ignore the pain. When hurt comes into your life, there is a source. That pain comes from somewhere. And if you simply ignore it or pretend that it does not exist, then eventually down the road, whatever was causing that pain will go from being something that could be addressed, perhaps in an easy way, to something that will require your full attention. If you have a splinter in your finger and it hurts, you can deal with it or you can ignore it. And when it becomes infected, then maybe you can't deal with it. You need to go somewhere else. Go to a doctor. It becomes a major issue. Uh, a small disagreement in a relationship can be dealt with immediately or it can be pushed aside, allowed to fester, and become bitterness that has to be addressed professionally later on down the road. Hurt. Listen to this psalm. Psalm 6, verse 1. I'll begin reading here. It says, To the chief musician on Neganoth upon Shimoneth, a psalm of David. All right. Great introduction, right? <laughs> a psalm of David. Here he goes. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake, for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Here's what it is. The psalmist David David, that warrior, David, uh, who did so many great things, who also did some things that were horrible and that we reflect on, who had a great life, a lot of highs, had a difficult life, a lot of lows. David, instead of ignoring the pain in his life, cries out to God, expressing in great detail, God, uh, I am so uh, overwhelmed, I'm sore vexed. We don't use that word vexed much anymore, right? I'm vexed. Uh, I feel like my bones are brittle. I'm crying so much that my, my bed is swimming with tears. I am so overwhelmed. God, how long is it going to take for you to do something in my situation? He is not ignoring the hurts. He's dealing with it. He's pouring his heart out to God. He's addressing that enemy that happens to be in his life right now. 
when difficulties come into our lives, march or die, which suggests I need to move forward, which means I must address the pain. I have to address it. I have to deal with it. Sometimes marching, moving forward, means that you pause long enough to address whatever issue is preventing you from moving forward. It doesn't mean as a steamroller you run over people or things. Uh, it doesn't mean that you just grunt it out or grind it out harder. It, it may mean that you get professional help. You bring other people into the conversation. I've talked about this in other podcasts. You need people around you who can offer wisdom and support and encouragement and strength and guidance when you don't have it. It means addressing the hurt. Don't ignore the pain in your life. If there is real hurt, now, there are minor annoyances and inconveniences and uh, stuff that aggravates us. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real hurt, real pain, real difficulty. If you need to grieve, grieve if it's that type of pain. If you need to stop and pull someone together uh, to help you work through a situation, Maybe there are, uh, there's a relationship issue and, and you need to get help dealing with that other person, addressing the relationship in a way that's positive and allows you to move forward. Don't ignore the pain. Don't ignore the hurt. Don't wallow in the hurt. Don't get mired down in the hurt. That's what often happens with folks. They get hurt. They stay hurt. They never move forward. Feel the pain. Deal with the pain. That means getting help. Certainly crying out to God. Deal with the pain so that you can move forward. Here's a second word. Hurt is the first word. Deal with the hurt. Deal with the pain. Here's the second word. The second word is dependence. Dependence. This is one of the beautiful things about difficulty in our lives. We don't often think of difficulty and obstacles and trials and hurts as, as beautiful. And in the moment, in the moment of pain and brokenness, I, I would not tell someone, hey, this is beautiful, you just don't know it yet. But so often looking back, you hear people talk about how they have recognized that God has used a difficulty or a brokenness or a hurt in their lives in an amazing way because it touched other people, because it caused them to grow, because it helped them to see the world in a different way, because they became kinder or gentler or more helpful. They could apply their wisdom in other people's lives. That pain, that difficulty, it becomes a beautiful thing. But for the life of one who is a believer, who seeks to live in a way that pleases God, what these obstacles, these difficulties, this pain, these trials can do and should do is remind us of just how dependent we are on God. I do not like at all, I understand the spirit of it, but I do not like at all when Christian people, people who have put their faith in Christ, who have a relationship with God, who know they're on their way to heaven when they die. 
I do not like at all when Christian people say things like, I'm just so broken, or I'm a broken person. They talk about their brokenness. Now, in one sense, it's appropriate. There are trials and difficulties, traumas, um, things that come into our lives that can cause us to be broken. And what that means is broken in spirit, right? I, I just feel as though I've been broken. My heart is broken. I'm emotionally broken. I understand it in that context or in that sense, certainly. But when Christian people say things like, we're just so broken, or I'm just so broken, what they fail to understand is that in Christ, we are a new creation. Broken before Christ gives that newness of life. Broken before we are a new creation. But in a spiritual sense, in a relationship with God's sense, if we put our faith in Christ, we're no longer broken. We are a completely new creation. We're not broken. But when these trials and these difficulties come into our life, what we do recognize is that we are entirely dependent. This is great. If you are going through your life and everything is amazing all of the time, it's human nature to begin believing that you don't need anyone or anything. Everything is amazing. Your life is wonderful. Relationships are great. The money is present. The work is going good. The kids are doing well. Nothing bad is happening. Nothing, nothing difficult is happening in your life. If that takes place, if that goes on long enough, because you're human, <laughs> you can start to believe that you don't need God. But we absolutely need God. And what hurt coming into our lives those obstacles that prevent forward movement, what they do for us, more than anything, what they do for us is they drive us back to a place where we understand just how dependent we are on God. I've talked about um, some of these long races that I've done, and <laughs> you probably get tired of hearing me tell these stories, but a lot of effort goes into that, a lot of lessons learned. There is, for some, a belief if they've never done a long race, let's say a 50K, that's 31 miles, um, some of these longer races, I just did that 100-miler that I talked about a few episodes ago. If you've never done anything like that, it's possible, and a lot of people express this, to say, well, I don't like running, running hurts me, so I could never do that. And the 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 implied uh, statement there is, you don't hurt the way that I hurt. That's why you're able to do an event like that. I could never do it, right? It doesn't hurt you the way that it hurts me, which is absolutely false. Uh, I've never met anyone who does, particularly a long race like that, who doesn't hurt. Even the, the best in the world, they'll tell you, you listen to a podcast, watch an interview, they'll say, of course it hurts. I just move faster, right? <laughs> they win because they move faster, but it still hurts. Uh, talk about uh, these long races, how long it takes to recover. There is pain. There is, is, is difficulty in that. That's what makes them so amazing. When I am doing one of those races, what that pain does for me, a couple of things. One is it highlights areas that I need help 
Maybe I'm having a nutrition issue. Maybe it's a hydration issue. Uh, maybe my shoes or my socks are not right, and I need to address that or adjust that. Uh, something else with my gear. That pain, it it puts a finger on those areas that need to be adjusted or changed or fixed. It also helps me to realize, just in a, a personal way, how frail I am. I find this with people in jiu-jitsu when we're training jiu-jitsu. If you've never trained before, you've never uh, done a martial art before, particularly particular Europe, <laughs> specifically, particularly, that's a hard word to say, uh, jiu-jitsu, something where there is grappling, where in every class you're going to test yourself against someone else. If you've never done anything like that, then in your mind, you probably feel like you're pretty amazing, right? They say every guy thinks he could win a fight, um, even if he's never trained or worked out, uh, never done anything. We all think we could win the fight, right? Because we watch a lot of movies, we could win the fight. What you realize when you start taking classes with people that actually know what they're doing, what you realize is how much you still have to learn how difficult it is, how dependent you are on the people around you and the opportunities to learn. Going back to the races, the the second 50-kilometer race that I, I ha, uh, ever ran, um, it was the second one. It was about a month after my first one. And there were a lot of hills. It, it was hot that day. It was uh, mid-June and kind of unusually hot, so it was high 80s. I got about halfway through that race, and I was still learning a lot of things. Um, I got about halfway through that race, and I've never not finished something I've tried to finish. And not because I'm great, because I I just I'm stubborn, I guess, or whatever. I'm not the fastest or the strongest, but I just I finish things. And I was halfway through that race, and it was hot, and there were a lot of hills, and I was pretty new to this thing. I sincerely believed I was not going to make it. Uh, and it wasn't because I thought I was going to quit, give up. It was because I thought that I was going to pass out. I was so hot. Um, my my vision was having a hard time. I was lightheaded. Things were not going well at all. Got to the aid station, and, and for these longer races, there's aid stations, uh Run the course, depending on how long the course is, they could be a, a few miles or whatever. And those aid stations, they have food, they have uh, fluids, they have different things uh, there typically to keep you going so you don't have to pack all your own stuff. Got to the next aid station, and um, again, I was pretty new to this, so I was drinking water. That's what I had in my, um, my pack. I had water, so I was drinking a lot of water and trying to eat but not doing a very good job. When I got to that aid station, I was so lightheaded and having such a hard time. I was thinking, I'm just not going to make it. I'll go as long as I can, but eventually I'm going to fall down. I took a product I had never even heard of before. There's a, it's a, it's an electrolyte and sugar product. It's powder you put into your water, and they actually had that at the aid station. So they said, Hey, do you want us to fill your bottles with this? I said, Yeah, why not? I don't know. Sure. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, go ahead and do that. As soon as I started to drink that, got that into my body, got that into my system, I immediately started to feel better. Now, I've done a lot of research and asked a lot of questions and learned a lot of things since then. 
And I, I learned that really it's a combination of electrolytes. You have to have electrolytes, but probably more than anything, the simple sugars, getting those into my body. I was not eating well and getting those into my body gave me the energy I needed. The electrolytes uh, helped me to feel less dehydrated. I was encouraged then to consume the fluids, so the water. So all of those things started coming back into my body, and I finished that race, and I felt actually much better at the end than I did at the beginning. Here's my point. The pain, even the momentary panic that I might not finish this thing, pushed me to the place where I realized how dependent I was on someone or something else, didn't know what that was, but I had to find a solution. I knew I was not going to do it myself. When we are experiencing hurt, we realize just how dependent we are on God. Check out these verses, Psalm seventy-three twenty-six: My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My flesh... My heart, it's going to fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion. Psalm 121.1, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. It's all about God. When I'm in those moments of difficulty, when I need help, I realize it's not me that's going to provide the help. I look to God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, I quote this verse so often, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hurt coming into your life, overwhelming difficulties, trials, traumas, whatever the case, is an amazing opportunity, if you'll take it, to be reminded that you and your own power, your own strength, with your own intellect, even with your own will, are not going to do what must be done. You're completely and entirely dependent on God, and hanging on to that brings comfort, it brings peace, it should bring joy. But we need something to drive us to that, and so often it's the hurts, the obstacles that would prevent forward movement. Two words. Hurt and dependence lead us to this last word, focus. We deal with the hurt. We address the hurt. We allow that hurt as we're getting help and as we're uh, seeking solutions and bringing other people in if we need to. We allow that to drive us to a, a clearer understanding of our dependence on God. And what carries us forward then is a right focus. What did I say at the beginning? There's a difference between God followers, those who have a relationship with Christ. There's a difference between people who understand that God is their purpose and those that are simply trying to be motivated or motivate themselves into doing more for some uh, unclear explanation of success. There's a difference between the two. I don't have to ignore hurt. I don't have to ignore pain. I can deal with it. I can allow it to do the work that God wants it to do in my life. I can certainly allow it to drive me to a place where I'm dependent on him and recognizing I'm dependent on him. I can maintain the right focus. What is the right focus? Going back to the beginning, the right focus 
is that I must keep moving forward because God wants to continue to use my life. Do you believe God wants to use your life? He does. He gave it to you. He's equipped you. He's called you. Things will hurt. Deal with the hurt. Deal with the pain. Get help if you need to. Let that hurt and that pain, that frailty, uh, remind you of just how dependent you are on God. What a great place to be. That's faith. Without faith, we can't please him. What is faith? It's understanding. I can't do it, but he can. I'm going to trust him. What a great place to be. All the while maintaining the right focus. I've used these verses or expressed these verses so many times in the last a year or so, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. All right, that's great. Put one foot in front of the other. Keep moving. How do we do that? Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. It's a focus, a focus on our Savior, a focus on his purpose, a focus on what he wants to accomplish through us that allows us to see and feel the pain, to deal with it and address it, to grow through it, to understand in it our absolute dependence on God, and then to get up trusting God to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 I've read, but we need to go back to verse number 10 for the sake of our discussion today. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. He, he says in verse number 10 there, uh, I want to know my Savior. I want to enter into the fellowship, he says, of his suffering. Our Savior suffered for us, and we go through difficulties in life. That is a way for us to come into a closer relationship with him, to lean into him, to learn of him, to understand of him, and then he continues reading uh, or speaking, verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after it, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of God. What? Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I love those last two verses. Those are the martyrdive verses, right? Just keep pressing, keep moving forward. But we have to connect those to the previous two verses where Paul said there's going to be trial, there's going to be difficulty, there's going to be hurt and pain, but those allow me to lean into my Savior, to understand him more clearly so that I can march. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to let the obstacles or the difficulties or the trials keep me from making progress. I'm going to keep moving, addressing the hurt, being made so vividly aware of my dependence maintaining my focus on being all 
that God has created me to be. March or die does not mean that we should ignore the pain. If anything, what it really means is that we need to address the hurts, understanding how helpless we are without God, and move forward with intent and purpose. Because His purpose and His plan, His call on our life is so much bigger than anything that would keep us from moving forward. I hope that is a help to you. I don't ever want us to get caught in this mindset of just grind harder, just try harder, just give it more, just ignore everything that's going on in your life. Don't ever get caught up in that mindset. There's nothing wrong with some good motivational talk from time to time. But what you need, you need to recognize the pain and deal with the pain and address it. You need to understand how dependent you are on God. And you move forward, not just for the sake of moving forward. You move forward because God has a plan for you. And I trust that you will move into that and allow him to do what he desires to do with you and through you. Thank you so much for listening today. Please take some time. Go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. Um, so thankful for the relationship that uh, we have there. I've gotten to know some great folks over there. But there, you'll find tools and resources, podcasts, personalities that can help you to see the world the way that it is, to put it in its right context, and to move forward for the glory of God. I hope you'll check that out. And I will remind you today as we finish in this world, so often the bullets, it seems like they're coming your way. The world often feels like it's exploding around you. And when you find yourself in those moments, you have to make a decision. A decision may start with addressing the hurt and addressing the pain and getting healing. Certainly, it involves understanding how dependent you are on God. But the next thing you need to do, with your focus affixed in the right place, is march. So what are you going to do? Will you stay where you are and die? Or will you march? The choice is always yours. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. 
This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.